Good morning. It's good to see you. And I trust the Lord will bless you as we look into his word this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to come to study your word. Your word is life. Your word is food. Your word is light. And so I pray that as we look into your word this morning, that we will be enlightened, we'll be fed, our lives will be changed, and that uh, we will be made to conform more to the image of your son. I pray that you will guide and direct my thoughts and words, that they will bring glory to you. And I ask that, Lord, that all that is done will be done to bring glory to Jesus Christ, that he alone will be seen, he alone will be exalted. I pray that sinners will come to know Jesus as their Savior today. And believers will be encouraged. Bless the Sunday school and bless the children. And bless those who minister your word downstairs. I just ask that our kids will come to know you at a young age. And become Christians. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, we are back. Believers, freedom or riches in Christ. Freedom from the past. I'm not sure everybody wants to be free from the past. But I'm sure there are elements of the past that you would probably like to be free from. By the past, I mean, if you are sitting here, you probably have history. Right? Because you were not born today, so this is a past. And some of it is not glamorous or good. And you probably would like to have freedom from it. Now, I've made an assumption that you are a believer. Because I, the title of my message is The Believer's Freedom in Christ. If you are not one, it's a chance for you to become one today. Because Jesus came to die for sinners. That's what he came for. And I'm trusting that by the time we are done, if you are not one, you will become one. Now, my slides has notes and uh, some stuff, so sometimes the notes are there so you can read as we go along. And there are also some side notes just for me to remember what I intend to say. Good. So, to get things started, I'd like you to interact with me so that you don't fall asleep. Does God ever forget? I asked my daughter this question. She said, you like asking tricky questions. <laughs> I said, not really tricky. I just wanted to think. So does God ever forget? Okay, if you are in the yes camp. All right. And if you are in the no camp. All right. Sure. Uh, probably both... Are right? Probably. I'm, I'm not sure, but probably. 
Because I think he forgets when he chooses to forget. That is, he chooses to forget, not that, not that his memory is uh, fading and he can't remember. So probably both are right. Now, I want you to remember this scripture. That's why I put the question up. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17. And I want you to hang on to this scripture because it tells you what God has chosen to forget if you are a believer. Their sins and lawless acts. God is speaking, I will remember no more. I'm sure you have sins and I do. I'm sure you have lawless acts and I do. And sometimes I'm afraid God knows all of it and is going to hold it against me. But this is a promise that I want you to remember. That's why I put up that question. So that you will remember this promise. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 17. There are sins and lawless acts. God says, I will remember no more. So if you are a believer, this is a guaranteed promise that God is not keeping records of sin against you. That's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. So freedom from the past. The freedom of forgiveness. It is very, very liberating to know that you are forgiven. And um, because the past is not that great for all of us, by virtue of the fact that we are sinners. I'm sure you are not proud of everything that you did yesterday. You are probably not proud of everything that you did the day before. You probably did something that you wish you didn't do. And so you need to have freedom. Paid the debt and set me free. That was the last line of the song. What I find is that most of the songs that we sing sometimes have lots of scriptures embedded into it. But, you know, because songs just, songs just roll off our tongue, you know, we just roll off like that with them. And then sometimes, at least, uh, let's say I don't pay attention to the scriptural implications. So there is freedom of forgiveness. And that's what I want to talk about. How can we be free from the tyranny of the past? And I want to emphasize forgiveness as the key. It's probably, in my opinion, the most important concept when it comes to a relationship with God and a relationship with one another. Forgiveness. And uh, let's move on. Three steps. The first step is to be free from the past. You need to accept God's forgiveness. That's the first step. The second step is that you need to forgive other people. 
if you have relationship with anybody, husband, wife, church members, uh, co-workers, father, son, and uh, friends, I am sure that offenses have come in your relationship. And it's possible to hang on to those offenses tightly. And when you do, I can assure you that you are in bondage. And this need for forgiveness. So that's the second point, forgive others. And the third point is that you need to forgive yourself. I'm sure you've met people that have said, I don't believe I did that. How could I have done that? And each time you encounter them, you know, it's always, oh, I just don't believe it. Again, you need to forgive yourself if you want to be free from the past. You notice the emphasis is on the word, what? Forgive, forgive, forgive. So that's what we are going to be talking, forgiveness. And... Um, The slides, we're moving quickly. So the Lord Jesus was speaking in John 10, verse 10. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. We all have the past, the things we've done. In the past, the things we've done that we wish we didn't do. And um, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to change the past. Okay? But we can be changed by the past. Sometimes in good ways and sometimes in bad ways. The past is not supposed to be an anchor that holds us captive, but more like a rudder that helps us at least to move forward. But sometimes we are tied to the past and we are held and it affects us. And we don't want to be in bondage to the past because the past can become, so to speak, our past acts, our past experience, our past things can become, so to speak, a thief that kills and steals and destroys. So the Lord Jesus came to give us freedom. All right. <clears throat> the past as a thief. I'm sure you don't think of your past as a thief. What is he talking? The past is not a thief. It's just an experience that I had. Oh, well, I'm sure you've met people that think of the past, and when they think of the past, it's all regrets. See, I put a few of them there just to jog your memory. It worries me. For example, some will say that I wasn't kinder to my brother before he died. It worries me that I did not spend much time with my children, and now they've grown up, and they're not working with the Lord. It worries me that I had the wrong priority in the past. So it worries me that, it worries me that you can fill in the blanks as, as it applies to you because we are all different, but we have regrets. 
because of things that have happened. And it's more like the ghost of the past that haunts us and can make it difficult for us to live at peace. And if you are young and nothing worries you yet, just wait. <laughs> Give it time and you will see that the past exists in our memory. It worries me that I married him. It worries me that I did that. It worries me and all of that. It's all the past. So it, we can hang on to this and regret and then we live in this bondage to the past. It could also be seen. There are those who delight in saying, my sin is always before me. Just like David say, said in times old. He said, I'm always you know, occupied and preoccupied with the sins that I've done. And um, I'm sure all of us have dark pages in our diary if you check carefully. And then you will discover that when those pages flash through your mind, you know, it really holds you captive. You become almost helpless. You are not able to move. You are not able to do anything. And um, a few other ones. I'm sure there is more, but these are just a few that I have. Mistakes, wasted, lost, and misused opportunities. We all have them. And they exist. See, multitude of people are making lives miserable for themselves and others by repeating, if only, if only I did this, if only, if only I'd done that. And so we tend to live in the if only world. Lord, if, you ha- if only you had been there, yeah, my brother would not have died. Remember him? Mary and Martha. But there are people like that, and most of us, some of us are that way, if only I had done this, if only I hadn't done that. And all of that, friends, the past is gone. It is the past. You don't have the past. You have the present and possibly the future. So <clears throat> there are people like that, and I sometimes do it just like you do. Failures. I'm sure that you've tried certain things. You didn't give it your best. And as a result of that, you failed. We have all known failures. None of us is exempt from failures. And uh, in those days, there were tribes that when somebody failed, you know, the solution for it was for him to atone by committing suicide. I'm sure today most people don't kill themselves. They spend the rest of their life torturing themselves, punishing themselves for mistakes that they've made. They put their hand down and then just say, oh, oh, life is so, oh, I wish I hadn't done this. I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't taken that step. I wish. And these are all the past. We need freedom. And that's why Jesus came. He came to give us freedom. Freedom. Total freedom. You see, we live in a world that demands success. You have to succeed. The best people in life are the ones that succeed. When you failed, it's almost like um, you're not worth anything. Because people are measured by how successful, whatever that means, they are. But the Lord doesn't judge us that way. In fact, the most successful person is the person that makes Jesus Christ his anchor and hangs on to him. So the past has a way of moving into the present and making the future look very dark. And so we need freedom. That's why Jesus came. 
most of us, I want you to know this, that's why I put it on a single slide, if not all of us, are crucified between two thieves. Regrets of the past and fear of the future. So we are held bound by these things that makes it impossible. You know, we can't move forward because we think, oh, the past was so dark and I'm afraid. I don't want to make mistakes. I'm afraid. So, and these are things that hold us captive and so we can't enjoy the present and live at peace. So Jesus came to give us freedom from the past. He knows your regrets and mine. He knows your sins and mine. He knows your wasted opportunities, your failure, and he still loves you. Regardless of that, he still loves you. His love has not diminished because of those things. His love for you is still as strong. And he wants to liberate you from this bondage that is robbing you and me of joy. You see, one of the interesting things that we need to remember is that the word of God is meant to give us assurance. When Jesus was speaking to the disciples, he says, if you hold on to my teaching, or if you continue in my word, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you. That's why we teach the word of God. And that's why we read the Bible. Because it gives freedom. And he added in that same chapter, if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. So remember, the word of God is meant to give us freedom. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself is a source of freedom. It's moving quickly, you see. Points are going to be made quickly. Hopefully by 12 we are done. It's not likely. <laughs> uh, when you turn yourself over to Jesus, he completely washes away your past. I want you to remember that. Their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. This is God speaking. And he's speaking so that we will hear what he has in mind concerning us. So, every sin, every mistake, every foolish act, in fact, he promises to forget our past and never to hold it against us. That's why the title of my message is what? Believers, freedom. Believers. So, this is for believers. If you are not a believer, that is not your story. That's not your, on the, that will not be your experience. So many people with the past. So let's just walk through a few of them. The scripture gives us some of them. The woman at the well. How many husbands? Please remind me. How many husbands? Five. Do you think her past was great? Probably not. The woman caught in adultery. What did they do? They brought her to what? To Jesus. It says this woman was caught in the very act. And Moses said in his law that she should be stoned to death. What says thou? 
Our past wasn't great. But Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Or the woman in Simon's house, when the woman showed up, you remember what happened? Simon was scratching his head as the woman was near the feet of the Lord Jesus, saying, mm, if this man knew who was holding him, this man would have known that she is a sinner and a useless person. She, he wouldn't let that happen. He's not a prophet. He was murmuring to himself and saying all of this. And Jesus looked at him and said, Simon, you see this woman? Her sins are many, but she loves much and she's forgiven. She had a past. Um, the man at the well in Bethsaida that was lying there for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and went to help him and brought him back, the man didn't even ask for it. But when he met him, he said, go and sin no more. Let's say worst thing happened to you. He had a past as well. You see, God wants us to have freedom from the past. But one of the problems we have is that we forget what God wants us to remember, which is his word, and remember what God wants us to forget, which is the past. We all have this struggle, and that will include me. And Jesus died for our sins, and his blood takes away all of our sins. So he can give us freedom from the past. Regardless of what your past history or past experience is, the Lord Jesus is a liberator, one that gives freedom from the past. And I want you to think of Apostle Peter. You know, it's good to think of all these things because sometimes we rush through them, we read them without thinking. Think of Peter, the man who openly denied the Lord Jesus three times. Let's read. Having arrested him, they led him away, that is Jesus, and brought him to the house of the high priest. But Peter was following at a distance. After they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter was sitting among them, and a servant girl seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him said, This man was with him too. But he denied, saying, Woman, I do not know him. Remember, earlier on he had told Jesus, even if everybody else would deny you, I am going to stand by your side. Not much different from us. But he denied him. And then, a little later, another saw him and said, You are one of them too. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after that, and I, somebody else said, certainly this man also was with him. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. He denied the Lord. And after that event that happened, the Lord looked at him, and Peter saw him, and he wept. It's possible that Peter could have chosen to live in light of that experience. And then any time, you know, he wouldn't be able to move forward. But he didn't do that. He wept over, you know, what he had done, asked God for forgiveness, and God forgave, forgave him. Peter did not allow his past mistakes to hinder his present ministry. And you shouldn't let your past mistakes hinder your present ministry. Regardless of your past, 
you can't be productive. In fact, a few weeks after Peter had denied the Lord, I want you to see this with me. He was preaching when he went into the temple. And uh, raised that man up. And when the people surrounded him and started preaching, this is one of the lines in Peter's message to the crowd. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be given to you. He could say that with boldness because he knew that the Lord had forgiven him and that his past was behind him. Peter knew that his sins were no longer held against him. Apostle Paul, he had a past. In fact, he had, he had a terrible past. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul says this. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love from Christ Jesus. You notice that he had a past. He was a proud Pharisee. He was a blasphemer. He persecuted believers. He made sure that they were killed. Put them in prison. He tortured them. He was a bad dude. And uh, by all accounts, I was reading that word um, insolence and stuff like that. He said the interpretation is that he was a bully. He was bullying Christians. And he could have allowed that to wrap around him going forward. But he said, well, God had mercy on me. God was gracious to me. God was kind to me. And then he buried his past and he moved forward. Whenever he thought of his past, he thought of the mercy of God and the grace of God. And that's the way we need to look at our past. You think of the past, you think of God's mercy and God's grace. Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. The Lord doesn't remember. You ought not to dwell in it and bury yourself in it. So freedom from the past. The very first point is that you need to accept God's forgiveness. Some people have a hard time accepting the fact that they've been forgiven. But you need to accept God's forgiveness if you want freedom from the past. Notice this. This is what Paul said. After saying that he was a blasphemer and a persecutor of believers, he added this word in verse 15. This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I'm the worst of them all. This is trustworthy. This is trustworthy and worthy of being proclaimed. Everyone, every believer should accept this. That Christ Jesus came into the world 
to save sinners. Some translation says, and I'm the chief of sinners. I'm sure you wouldn't like that to be known as the chief. I'm sure you like to be known as the chief of certain things, but not the chief of sinners. So Paul took it so that whoever comes after him will be less chief than he is. So if he, the chief of sinners, accepted this, that Jesus came into the world to save sinners, you, the less chief, you should accept it. So the first thing that is we need to put in mind to have freedom from the past is that we should accept God's forgiveness. It sounds so simple, but it is true. Whenever you think of the past, just think of this. God's grace, God's mercy has taken care of my past, and I accept it. When your memory jokes you about the bad things that you used to do in, in the past, just remember a trustworthy saying, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. The question is, who is not a sinner? Nobody. Everybody is. That will include you. So accept it, and that's the first point that um, at least I wanted to make this morning. Now, if you're a Christian, I want to remind you of what God has done for you, what Jesus has done for you. The way he looks at you is different from the way you look at yourself. And so I want to remind you that God has dealt with all of your sins, not just part of it, but all. All of your sins, he has dealt with it. You are justified. I'm sure you've heard that word before. He has declared you righteous in Christ. Nothing can change that. This passage was read. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It was read this morning. And so, you can look at the past and know that it is taken care of. You can look at the present and know that God is with you. And you can look at the future and know that God is going before you. You are not alone. And that's a comforting thing. So you are justified in God's sight. You have been regenerated, or born again, if you like, and given a new nature. Not the same as you used to be. You see, that's why the liberation comes from knowing the truth, accepting the truth, and owning it, making it personal. You need to know the truth, accept it, and make it yours. And here it goes. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. New. I think new means the past is taken care of. New. All things, that sounds like the past, have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have been redeemed, justified, regenerated, redeemed. Big words. All trying to make the point that you are different. That God look at you differently. And that you are a child of God. 
purchased out of the slavery of sin. Set free to serve Jesus Christ. No longer slaves of sin, no longer slaves of the past. If you are a Christian, you have been forgiven. You have been. Colossians 1, verse 14. It says this, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 2, 13. Lots of scriptures. You are saying, why is he putting up so many scriptures? Because it's the word of God. And it's God's word that changes lives. Not my opinion or what I think. It is God's word. He says God looks after his word to execute it to make sure that it's true. When you, had, when you were dead in your transgressions and uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him. Notice the word I've underlined. Having forgiven us. How many of our transgressions? All. All of our transgressions. I put another translation there that says, when you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature, was not yet caught away. Then God made you alive in Christ for he forgave you all, all, all of our sins. You need to understand where I come from. Growing up, the mindset was, you know, God took care of your past sins. Now you have to make sure you are working very hard so that you don't miss heaven. In other words, just make sure you are staying on the narrow path, no sin, so that you don't miss heaven. But it says there, he has forgiven me all of my sins. Does that include the present sin and the future sin? A man of God several years ago, Dr. Hyonside, was preaching. And as he preached, he said, Jesus took care of all of your sin. And when he was done, one of these uh, people in the congregation said, yes, uh, excuse me, sir. I beg to disagree. I know that Jesus took care of my past sins. But my present sin and my future sin, those ones have not yet been accounted for. I have to make sure I stay in the narrow path so that I miss. And then Dr. Ansight asked this simple question. And how many of your sins were past sins when Jesus died on the cross? How many of your sins were past sins when he died on the cross? None of them was. They were all future. So he's taking care of all of your sins. And that should give you freedom from the past. I'm sure you know this story. But time will not permit, so we move on. Joseph's brothers. His brother forgave them, and when their father died, what did they do? They said, we know, Joseph, we're not sure you really forgave us. Our father has died, and we are in trouble. There are Christians like that that sometimes question whether God has forgiven them their sins. And that's why you need to accept God's forgiveness. You are forgiven completely, totally, and graciously. 
accept God's forgiveness. Just believe the word of God. That's all you need to do. Take it as it is. Accept it. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. He casts your sins into the depth of the sea. Micah 7, 19. They are behind you. Isaiah and Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, he has taken care of you. The past has been taken care of. If anyone is in Christ, it's new creation. All things have passed away and all things have become new. When we confess our sins, he says he's faithful and just to cleanse and to forgive. Trustworthy saying, everyone should accept it. What happened? Freedom from the past. So I had three points, you remember? Accept God's forgiveness, forgive others, and uh, forgive yourself. I was I wanted to do all of this in one message. But I realized that actually the second one is just as important as the first. The act of forgiving other people. And so I said, no, we need to talk about it. These are three steps. Accept God's forgiveness, forgive others, and forgive yourself. That will give you freedom from the past. So we will be back with forgive others and forgive yourself. How about we sing? I'm springing on the people that play music. He says, I'm accepted. You were condemned. Amazing love. How could it be that you, my king, would die for me? So we are going to sing and we are going to close. Sorry, I didn't tell them. I didn't tell the people behind. If we don't have the music, we'll sing it a cappella. I grew up singing a cappella, and so we can sing it a cappella. But I think we can get music and all of these things quickly put up. So let's pray. No, the one that is not, can it be, we won't finish till 1230. You are my king, number 88 or 81 in the new song book. Fola, can you help those people behind there? She, she knows this song. Um, this was, um, it might be hard for you to believe this. This was Sam McDonald's graduation song. He chose this song. Sam, isn't that true? That's true. And that was many years ago. You know, when we graduate in our school, you are allowed to choose one song as a graduate. Sam chose this. Because I believe it spoke to him greatly and it should speak to you as well. Say chorus, just it's not long, so we should be done quickly. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Help us to accept it so that we might have freedom from the past. We thank you for Jesus Christ, our great liberator, the one that set us free from all the things that hold us in bondage. Help us to love you and to love your word and to love him. Grant us the grace to live in the liberty that you've granted. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.